We say a strong amen to that prayer because as a company of people we have always sought to build and be directed on the prophetic word, the word that God speaks. Uh, way beyond things like programs and constitutions and plans and structures, uh, hearing God and doing it is the most important critical and radical thing in this world. And so we, we need, and God promises, he doesn't do anything except for he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. So we, we, we constantly are looking to, to pick up what God is saying. Sometimes people say, well, are we going to do this? We're going to do that. Well, we just see what, what is God saying. Don't follow a set program. <clears throat> and if we look back, uh, many years ago, uh, we had a prophet come to us that had substantial input, um, a brother called Keith Hazel, and uh, for a period of time had significant input. One of the things that he brought to us is what I want to talk about today. Just before the summertime, you remember that we did a sample of what we called then... Uh, the bones of Joseph. Uh, that's a strange phrase, so I want to just explain that in a minute. Uh, sometimes we, we refer to it as our values, and sometimes uh, we put a booklet together of basics of building. It's all, it's all the same thing. We just tend to use different titles. And I think I did say to you that during this period of time, uh, we're going to uh, do something not done for a long time, that is look at these values, these bones of Joseph. Uh, and then come to a point, um, probably sometime just before the conference, when we can find a, an appropriate way to celebrate. And everybody who feels that they're part of that and wanting to express those values will join together and we'll have a, a celebration of that. To help us as we go through a couple of things, uh, each week there'll be uh, a note of what we're covering. Sometimes it'll be a summary, sometimes it'll cover more detail than we're able to actually include in the period of time that we've got for teaching. They'll be available uh, each Sunday. Additionally to that, I've asked that the groups spend time uh, each meeting to go through these things so that we, we don't just live in the theory, but we, we actually have the opportunity of understanding so we can apply that uh, a significant time. So let's just have a look uh, at the first one there. Yes, um, Exodus thirteen nineteen. This was the prophetic word that was brought to us, talking about when Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, because Joseph had, before he died, made uh, the Israelites swear an oath, and he said, God will surely come to your aid. This was about their deliverance. This was about their exodus. He will come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. And... The understanding that we, we received from that was that this, this life of Joseph, this message of Joseph, was the, was the foundation on which the nation was to continue. And I can remember um, way, way back first hearing uh, about the importance and the significance of working to particular values. And this coincided with the same thing. And so 
there's a representation there of the, of the values that we want to carry with us, which are very, very uh, important to us. So, as far as we're concerned, um, here's a quick list of them. We won't necessarily cover all of them in this format. Some we've covered more recently. Uh, today we're going to look at our gospel, but uh, love, acceptance, forgiveness, integrity, uh, money. By the way, some of these things, and I ask you to bear with me in this, because for many of you, you've not had the exposure to other churches, other types of churches, other ways. You've pretty much grown up or been born into, or been born again into this. Uh, but so that we have an understanding of how we set uh, and where we um, apply what we have as against the wider world, the wider Christian world, it's valuable to know money would be one of those things. Living from a different life source, that's our revelation of grace. Priesthood of all believers, serving, covenant relationship. We covered that quite recently, a few months ago. Spent quite a lot of time on that and probably included love, acceptance and forgiveness in that at the same time. Apostolic community, we've not spoken of for a while, so we need to cover that. Spiritual authority was that sample that we did just before the summer period. A couple of things which we've not covered in this format before. Investing in the future. We've been celebrating some of that this morning. Remember when a number of people stood up as those who were involved in ministering uh, in different ways to children. And that's a very important thing. Again, a prophetic thing that God spoke to us. And God's view of family. So, Important that we understand that. Why are we revisiting these bones of Joseph? Because for us, how we are is more important than what we do. I don't know those of you that have come amongst us from other places, other churches. Was there been a time when you, you thought, well, um, what is it there? Where is it they're going? I mean, you know, I'm used to hearing that we're going to reach a certain number of people in the congregation by a certain amount of time or we're going to plant a certain number of churches. Actually, the thing that God has given us is that the how is more important than what we do. And uh, so we'll be looking at that. We haven't looked at them for a while, so it's important that we do that. And we want to give you opportunity to freshly commit to these values remember a little while ago I spoke about something I picked up from a church leader in a different part of the country and he talked about uh, within a grouping of people there's a possibility to be those who, who basically cooperate, go along with uh, and broadly agree with or join in where they feel it's appropriate. Then there's those who, who are committed to kind of what's happening. Then he talked about, when he's talking to me about those who Beyond that, are, are connected. They're part of. It, it almost goes beyond a commitment. There's a joining. Uh, the scripture that comes to mind uh, is about life joints in the body. And that's something that uh, we really believe that God has called us to build in terms of, of community. So, gospel. What is our gospel? What is the particular message that we're that we're seeking to bring. All right? Word gospel derived from the old Anglo-Saxon meaning good news. So what good news do we have to share? 
Hmm? How about a little, a little exercise? Um, just quickly get into small groups of about um, maybe five or six. And what I want you to do is um, pick three words. It can be a phrase, but ideally a word that would describe the gospel. All right? All right, yes. That's three words. Okay. Lots of life. Lots of new life. Forgiveness. Freedom. Hope. Love. Renewed. Okay, so, you know, we're just looking at a general trend. Freedom. Hope, love, forgiveness. Now, I know we're not, we're not trying to get them all, but that's kind of... Yeah, okay, thank you very much. One of the, one of the inputs in the goodness of God, one of, one of his uh, resources to us over the years has been Mark McGrath. Yeah? Yeah. And some years ago... Uh, he set about to study um, for us that we might benefit from it. Uh, what is, according to the scripture, what is the gospel? And it was quite surprising because when you look at the Bible, and he's got a book which is available if you want it, we've got copies, uh, just let Debbie know. Uh, basically, it was rather revealing. But it was so significant that from that time onwards, we decided that this would be the particular aspect because it goes beyond the words that we've said. It would incorporate those things. And let me just remind you, I'm not saying I'm quoting it exactly because Mark McGrath had a particular way, as he still does, of putting things across. But do you remember he said... It starts with what God has done, not with what we do. God came, I can remember some of the words, God acted in history. <laughs> uh, God came to earth to show how to live. He was killed. God was made alive again. Now, he calls everyone to follow him. That is the gospel that you read in the Bible. Now, other bits and pieces are incorporated and that sort of thing, but actually starting from what God does rather than what we do, of course it's followed by redemption from sin and that sort of thing, but if we don't start on the right basis, it's like anything. You don't build it on the right foundation. The end product is very dubious. And so, our gospel... Very, very important. Our good news. The things that we actually see. This is our message. These are the values that we build everything on. That we live under his rule. That all that we do, all that we think, all that we decide is under his lordship. That we live from a different life source. He empowers us by his grace 
to live that way. We're here to have impact, not just to wait until we kind of go to heaven. The idea that we just get sins forgiven and then just sit and be good so one day we go to heaven, which is what some of us, certainly for me, what I grew up under, we just had to sort of sit there and be good or try and be good and wait and either when we die or when Jesus came, we go to heaven. There wasn't anything much about what we had to do in between times. But living from a different life source and having impact, actually making a difference, and there to show what God is really like, to show the love of God. So let's have a little look at living under his lordship. You see, there's a big difference. In the first instance... If we talk about come to Jesus, it's what we do, and he'll heal you and meet your needs and so on and so forth. That's the, that's the, the, the old ticket to heaven, you know. Uh, thankfully, many of you have never been exposed to that. You come to Jesus and he'll sort of pat you on the head, give you a ticket to heaven, sit there and be good and wait for the trumpet to sound, then you can walk on streets of gold and drink cups of milk and honey. Not a lot of biblical basis in that, but it sounded good. Problem is, under those things, instead of living under his lordship, being surrendered to his rule, we've got to really persuade people that they have needs to start off with. And then, once the needs are met, just kind of, what my needs are met, I can just go. The thing is, his lordship is then limited to whilst I've got needs to meet, and it's only to do with my needs. And meeting our needs are the focus of our life. How do I get my blessing? It becomes actually very me-focused. As against living under his lordship, we begin to ask the question, what does he want first? Focus on who he is and what he's done. And focus on coming close to him. In other words, we're talking about a God-focused message. See, this is our gospel. Our gospel is something which is not, it happened and now we wait. But it's about a life that we're empowered to live. Of course, we recognize that there may be a certain reluctance why we wouldn't want him to be in charge. If I think I can do a better job looking after myself, uh, change can be painful. We want to avoid pain. God is willing to kill me in order to save me. Hmm. See, that brings a different. Instead of come and get all the blessings, come have the snot beaten out of you and become a slave. It's not good for advertising. It just happens to be true. Hmm? Of course, if we don't trust that God is all-loving and all-powerful, that's a problem. If God is generous, I wouldn't need to steal. What are the benefits? Let's quickly have a look at those. He does a better job. Anybody agree with any of this? You're free to speak, you know. Does a better job? 
Let me try again. He does a better job? Yes. Yeah? Can he run my life better than I can run it? Oh. You realize I have had some help in this. He does a better job. Do I need to explain these? Because I have to have them explained to me. But who said yes? Thank you, Lucy. I do appreciate that because... I didn't know that I was the only one. Yes, it's not a good job, is it, if you're on guard and you fall asleep. And if you're supposed to be studying, you fall asleep and you're in charge of a nuclear facility and you fall asleep. Yeah. He does a better job. When we do it our way, we can fail. We can fail to deliver what we should in the way that we should. Uh, I think they're all self-explanatory. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The bottom right-hand corner is where the teacher is holding the exam paper and the pupils are being able to read it. Uh, the English teacher, in case you missed it, it's how you spell vandalizing. In the same way as the top right-hand corner, it's how you spell difference. And uh, illustrating an angle by taking a chair. To do it. Yeah. Some interesting answers. Which of the following is the largest? Is it really an elephant? When attacked by predators... Which of these animals activate large gland as an insect? No, not the owl. Or Paris Hilton. Uh, surge protection, not to do with water. And George Bush's first name, was it Edmund or George? <laughs> Telephone should be held the other way round. Uh, if you're teaching someone to read, it's best that you don't have the book upside down and binoculars are normally used the other way around. Yes. He has better timing. The hearse being, the hearse being taken away as the coffin comes out of the church. Because it was parked illegally, and the base, the basketball, self-explanatory. Yes, he has better dreams for us. Yes, there's that one. Well, there's a test and the sword of Damocles hanging over you, or there's a man that's uh, inventing or making the wheel, and I think you can see the logos of Hyundai and Volkswagen and people that are dreaming what the wheel could be used for into the future. See, I can understand these once they're explained to me. And he's going to win anyway. And to help us on that, we have a little... Do we have a little video?
This is from Evan Almighty, where this character is being recruited to save the world or something like that. But he wants to do it his way through being a member of Congress. And God has a different way and wants him to operate like Noah and the ark. Okay, we don't seem to... Yes, successful. So he's put on his successful clothes from Congress. But God has a different way. And God will win. Morning. Come up with a scheme for doing it this way. Rita, this is no time for jokes. I'm not kidding. If he's not in that meeting, we're all out of a job. Wait a minute. Let me finish my son's salutation. Marty, sorry I'm late. Come on, let's go. What is that? Making lemonade out of lemons. Pick up your phone. Come on. At its heart, this bill gives private citizens access to lands they technically already own. Will the chairman yield? I'm um, look, there he is. Yep, yep, I see him. Access is just a word you're using to hide what's really going on here. This is about development, short and simple. Evan, what are you doing? You have a ponytail on your face. What you gonna do next, cornrow your eyebrows? Development means the advancement of jobs, an increase in domestic commerce. If you happen to like those things, I invite you to join myself and my co-sponsors, Congressman Dodd, Congressman Hughes, and Congressman Baxter. God is going to do it his way, and he's going to win. So it's a good idea to live under his lordship. Remember, he does a better job. He has better timing, better dreams. He's going to win anyway. There's great adventure. He equips, he prepares the path for us, and on top of all that, we get to know him better. So 
living from a different life source. So four areas. This is the second one. I know that we've, we often talk this and we often come back to it because it's important that we keep on keeping clear about what we're about. That because he has acted and he has done what is all that is necessary to make us right with God. We, there, there are not things that we can do. That's why we are anti-legalism. The idea that we put on additional things to somehow say, yes, we trust that God raised Jesus from the dead, but if only you obey these rules or do these things, which may change from nation to nation, from culture to culture, then actually uh, that will gain us a better place. Look, holiness, acceptance through Jesus, means we don't need to try to gain some additional place with God. It's provided for us. In addition to that, not only does he provide us grace to overcome, but also to live by. What do we need? Well, we need to live in the recognition that actually we can't do anything. It's not what we can do. The Bible said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we're living from a different life source. We're not living from what we can do, uh, the efforts we can place, uh, how hard we can work, how good we can be. We're not living from that. We're living from the fact that I choose to go God's way. I choose to submit to him. I choose to receive his lordship. I choose to submit to how he wants me to think, what attitudes he wants me to hold, what things he wants me to do, what he wants me to say, how he wants me to react. I choose those things and then he empowers me I live from a different life source. He gives me the ability to actually live that way. Of course, it really comes home in some of the biggies when we have the opportunity to forgive when we've been so badly hurt or treated. People say, I don't know how you can forgive that. In the natural, no. But by the power of God, we are empowered to do everything that he tells us to do and we are given the ability. It's a different life source. We're given the ability to actually live that way. But it goes beyond that. Because we're not trying to establish our basis of acceptability to God himself, we actually come into his family by his power, by what he's done, and we are taken to be those who are used together with him in the extending of his kingdom. So wait a minute. Not only has he done everything, not only has provided that we can live from a different life source, we're a supernatural people. We're empowered by the Spirit of God to live in a way that's pleasing to him rather than pleasing to ourselves. But it goes beyond that. He then commissions us to be representatives of him in this world. This is our gospel. Our gospel is we submit to his rule. We live from a different life source and we're called together with him to be involved in extending the kingdom, to have impact, not to be focused on escape. 
Very interestingly portrayed out in the book of Jeremiah. When the prophet, well-known prophet, respected prophet comes along and prophesies to the people in captivity, you know, guys, you're soon going to be out of here. A uh, couple of years and you're done with this and, and you escape, you go back uh, to where you came from. Everybody loved that message. It was a very, very attractive message. The only problem was, it was a message that pleased the people. It was not a message from God. Now, I don't know the extent to which you're aware of what's happening in the Christian world. But there is a message in the Christian world at the present time that is very, very acceptable. It's very attractive. Just came back from Zimbabwe. This message has been around for a long time, but it's beginning to hit that country in a big way. The leaders there were expressing their concern about it. Because it's very attractive. It draws people, Christians, into, a, into that particular place. And the place is about how do I get my next blessing? How can I prosper? What can I do in order to uh, do well, to prosper? Often called a prosperity doctrine. It's very focused on how do, I get, how do I get my next blessing. And it's causing huge numbers of people to gather around that, uh, around that particular message. And the problem is that that message is about how do I look after me now just while I'm waiting to actually get out of here and go to an even better place. Uh, where there will be all this sort of um, material luxury. You know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because we've said that we can't trust in riches because they can't save us. You can't buy a preferential place with God. You can't gain by work or anything else a place of acceptance with God. We've turned aside from that to trust in Jesus. And then you've got people that their whole goal in life is to walk on streets of gold. Why streets of gold? Well, because there's so much gold, so much material value. There's so much of what this world values in that place, that's where we want to go. Actually, we're going to walk on it because there's so much of it. Can you see the subtlety of that? You turn aside from trusting in material things and then have as your whole life's goal to actually go to a place where there's unending material benefits. It's a very seductive, a very attractive message. But you see, it's not the gospel. And in the day of Jeremiah and Hananiah, it was only Jeremiah came along with the truth and said, you know, this is, the, this is, this is not the word of the Lord. You like it, it sounds good, you're soon going to be out of exile, you're soon going to be restored, but it's not what God's saying. They had this big fight, and Hananiah ended up dead. He said, this is, what, this is what God is saying. He's saying, build houses, settle down, 
Plant gardens, eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number, do not decrease. That kind of speaks of a period of time. Settle down, have children. Then they grow up and have children. It's basically saying, you're here for the long haul, you're here to make a difference. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if, you, if it prospers, you'll, you'll prosper too. <coughs> What's he saying? He's saying, don't be focused on escape. Don't be focused on how you can gain more and get out of here. Be focused on impact that you can have whilst you're here. That's our gospel. Gospel is not about how do we get our blessings. Gospel is about demonstrating what God is like. How he intends his world to be. That's why we talk about, you know, this is, this is not just about meetings in buildings, this is about the impact we're going to have. God in his goodness and God in his, in his power has enabled us to do that. I'm not just talking about the things that we're doing corporately together, like community resources and LCP and LNI. They're all part of the expression of this particular uh, body of Christ. But they're what you're doing personally, having impact. Anthony, in the charity that he works. Grant, in the school where he is. Pax, when he goes and contracts in different places. Phil in his school, and so on and so forth, have an impact actually bringing what is the outcome of living under the rule of God. Can come down to very small things. You know, I'm not going to join in that gossip around the coffee machine in the office, because that's not what I do. If I've got something to say, let me go and say it to the person concerned. I don't really want to engage in listening to some of the stuff you're saying because that isn't really helpful. It may be in something small. It may be in some act of kindness when nobody else is noticing and you do. And you do something about it. See, what God wants is wherever we're planted for us to actually actually bloom, to actually show what God is like, so that we're having impact, not focusing on escape. And then, of course, it comes down to the most important thing, showing the love of God. You know, what a privilege to be called of God, almighty God, the creator of the whole universe, to actually demonstrate what he's really like. And the truth of the matter is what he's really like, he's not just a meeting in a building once a week. It's about a life. And the God whose we all know, and it, pretty much everybody realizes, primary characteristic is love. God is love. Cannot be 
demonstrated you cannot represent God without love. And he empowers us with his love so that we can love with the love of God, whether it be one another or wherever he directs us to be. And it goes further. The Bible tells us, you know, all men will know that you're my disciples when you're representatives of me. Not when you sing songs or know the scriptures or do kind things, but when you love one another. That's why we can't represent God, we can't show what God is like in isolation. You have to have someone to love. You need, see, a God who is corporate, starts off corporate. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why community is so critical. Because you can't actually show what God is like in isolation. You've got to have a people. Those who you show the love of God. And then it's got to go beyond that to wherever God sends us as representatives of the Most High God. What a privilege. What a privilege. That's our gospel. It's not that complicated. His lordship, to live from a different life source, to be engaged in impact, not focused on escape, and to demonstrate the love of God. In the values that we're going to look at, we'll cover some of that, and some of the outwork and some of the aspects of that. But what I want us to be, be living in the good of is the foundation for this, is this thing. This is our gospel. Yeah, it includes forgiveness, it includes hope, it includes redemption, it includes all the things that we said. But primarily the message that God has given to us for this world, the good news that we carry, are the aspects which we have come into as a result of his goodness and revelation. Especially the issue of his lordship. Secondly, the fact it's by his grace. We live from a different life source. Nobody can say to you, well, you're only human. Not any longer. You're no longer only human. You are or only natural. You are supernatural. You're born again by the Spirit of God. You're empowered to live from a different life source, to show what he's like to demonstrate, to have impact, and to show his love. We don't know what the pathway is going to be. We don't know what are the things that we're going to do or how we're going to express that. But I'll tell you one thing we can do. We can say, Lord, I want to be equipped for whatever the task may be. I want to be equipped with the freshness of your love, with the clarity and the commitment to live under your lordship, with the understanding that I'm here with purpose, not just trying to get a, a, the next blessing or some mystical life in the future. And I'm here, called of you, to show what you're really like. Guys, there's some corrective work 
to be done in this world. You probably know as well as I do, there's a lot of stuff that's churned out that is really nothing to do with the true gospel. Nothing to do with the truth of what we've looked at today. But we are privileged of God to carry this revelation to be able to actually demonstrate what God is really like. Shall we pray that God would equip us? Yeah. Lord, thank you for the revelation. Thank you for the download of this gospel of truth. Our, our request again before you, Lord, is that you would equip us for the task with a revelation and understanding and, Lord, a, an empowered commitment to live under your Lordship with a readiness to draw on your grace so that we live supernaturally with an expectation in the power of your Holy Spirit to constantly impact and not be focused on escape and most of all to carry what your word declares the sweet fragrance of Christ to carry and to demonstrate your love Lord, that we might be equipped for this task, we ask you in the name of Jesus. When we were praying before the meeting, did you remember that, Dawn? When we were praying before the meeting, um, and by the way, that's not a private prayer time. You can all join in. We meet at 10 o'clock in the corridor, room down the corridor. It's a good time just to be talking to God and listening. And as you know, often it'd be an old verse or an old song that comes back. I, I'd ask Dawn if she could help me remember it, but I couldn't remember it all. But this was the prayer. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. Can you remember the next bit? That I may do as thou dost do and... Love as thou dost love, and love as thou dost love. I thought about that, and I thought about being equipped. I thought, isn't that what we need? This is not, I mean, none of us are disagreeing with this, and for most of us, we're not talking anything new. What we're needing is God to breathe on us and fill me with life anew that I might do as, that I might love as you, as thou hast loved, and do as you would do. See, it's, it's, it's not just a theory, is it? It takes it into a, a practical. Amen? Okay.